Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right, is that good? Hey, we really want to get new mics, but y'all don't give enough, so we have to do these old ones. <laughs> I mean, we want to, but it's like the boxes are always empty. Seriously, literally, I'm just kidding. Kind of. All right, uh, I am kidding. We are actually in the process of ordering new mics for us. So uh, this one sounds pretty good, though. Maybe I'll stick with this one for a while. So thanks, Mitchell. Thank you so much. Uh, congratulations, buddy. Uh, I know, I know everybody here doesn't know, I know how hard you have worked on this and how much effort you put into it. And I appreciate your hard work. I really, really do. Also today, only because she told me, uh, Josh, happy 49th over there. He's one away from 50. Josh, happy 49th from that. Yep. Yep. So guys, listen, Friday uh, at an assembly at a pep rally, uh, I have to kiss a pig. Apparently this is coming down the pike. (laughs) Anyway, um, I don't know how much I'm into, but uh, some of you horrible people were stuffing 20s in that thing last week, and it's up to a lot. So, uh, and here's the crazy part. The Diaz family sitting back there. It's their pig uh, because Josh's pig is, it was, was sick, and we don't want to mess with it. So I definitely don't want a sick pig. I don't want whatever disease that comes with. So I'll have like pigitis or something. Anyway, um, but uh, the Diaz family has got an indoor pig that uh, is very cute. I wish I had a picture of it. I don't. But uh, they are teaching this pig to pucker up. I kid you not. Like it's the weirdest thing. It's like the pig, a regular pig, and all of a sudden it goes. It does. It's kind of crazy. So, and I want to tell you guys, I'm going to kiss it right in the mouth. I don't even care. All right. So Wendy won't be kissing me for three months, but um, anyway, so yeah, things you do for teenagers and school and kids and everything. So now none of that will happen uh, if you guys would love Jesus and give me money to put in other people's little donation box. So, but I'm about as confident as that. Uh, I'm no, that's not happening. So guys, listen, thank you all for being here. We're in the third parable. It's found in Matthew chapter seven. If you want to go ahead and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter seven, we're doing a series called Jesus, the storyteller. And we're going through the parables of Jesus. Matthew chapter seven is where we are. Now I want to remind you that Jesus was seen as the great teacher is what he was called. He was called the great teacher. Teacher, We see in John chapter seven, it says no one. The report was we hear all of these religious people, but no one has ever taught like this man is what they said. And we see as a child in Luke chapter two that Jesus, uh, having gone to the temple uh, and his parents have have misplaced him, they can't find where he is. We see in Luke chapter 2 at the age of 12 that he was discussing deep theological things among the older, much wiser men. And we see him as the great teacher. I told you guys what parable meant. Parable means something thrown alongside to explain the teaching. That's what it is. It's what a parable is. Something thrown alongside to explain the teaching. 
Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27 is a verse that you guys have heard. You guys know what it is. You guys are familiar with it. And today we're going to take a deep dive into it so that we can understand exactly what this means. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. It should be behind me on the screen. It says this, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now, if we look at verse 28 in your Bibles, you can see it says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, that's what 28 says. What things? Well, he had finished chapters five through seven. He had finished the Sermon on the Mount. And so I want to tell you a little secret that I try to do at the end of a sermon. I try to wrap things up and for the overall message of the sermon to be heard and to remind you of the overall message. What we're reading today in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, is the last portion of the Sermon on the Mount. It's the last thing we hear for the Sermon on the Mount. It's a tool to remind the listener of the most important part of the entire message. It's the wrapping up of the message with a little bow on it and giving it over to the listener. And Jesus decided, he said, the last thing I want you to know is Matthew chapter seven, verses 24 through 27. Now I wanna tell you this. Oftentimes we see in Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 13, it should be back behind me. It says, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will sweep away your whitewashed wall with a storm of indignation and with a great flood of anger and with hailstorms of, of fury. Oftentimes, you guys, God's judgment is seen as a storm. We know that. We know that we too oftentimes will refer to things that happen in our lives as the storms in our lives. Jesus is teaching about these storms, be it the judgment of God, be it the things that happen, the events, the actions that take place. That deep, incredible theologian, Randy Travis, said, the storms of life are washing me away. That's what he said. The storms of life are washing me away. As a matter of fact, the whole country music genre is built on the storms of life. Isn't it? Someone said that if you play a country song backwards, you get your wife back, your truck back, and your dog don't die. Right? That's just what it is. Jesus is teaching about the storms of life. But 
As as always the case in the parable, there's a much deeper meaning that I want to let you guys see today. Remember, it's the end of the sermon. What is Jesus trying to talk about? I want to compare and contrast a couple of things. The thing I want to tell you is, is there were two people with three things in common. In this parable, there's two people with three things in common. What are those things in common? Well, here's the first one. They both heard the teaching. They both heard the teaching. They listened and they understood what the Lord was saying. They took it all in just like you do and just like I do. Like every person that we know around us, hopefully they've heard the gospel. They've heard the message of Christ. They took it all in. Two people were in this parable and both of those people, both of them had heard the teaching of what Christ was saying. Both of them have. The next thing they have in common is that they both built a house. They did. Both of them heard the teaching. Both of them built the house. Let me tell you a story about when I was building our house. When I was building our house uh, out in Walden Pond that we live in right now, I was, um, I drove the contractor crazy. I was meticulous about things. Um, Look, I was making a very large investment and I wanted to make sure that the lot, the house, the runoff, the drainage, the trees, the grass, flower beds, I wanted to make sure everything was exactly the way I wanted it. So I would go out there uh, a, a lot, okay? I would drive out there on a daily basis and just double check and see exactly what was going on. Well, one day I went out there and I noticed that there was a bulldozer there and they were, he was actually shaping uh, the, the lot. He was shaping up the lot and how it was going to look. And they already, they were going to start doing the driveway. And so they had the bulldozer out and he was shaping in through. And then there was another, uh, another piece of machinery that was out there that was doing all the fine tuning of how the water was going to run. And so I watched as they did that. And then the next morning it rained. And I went back out there when it was raining. And I noticed that whenever it would rain, the water was coming straight on to where the foundation was and was not being funneled out. So guess what I did? I called the contractor. And I said, we need to get them back out there because I've seen the water and how it's going to flow. And they were like, oh, it'll be fine once grass is there. And I said, baloney. And so I went back out there with them. And also they had left two trees up in the front of my yard, two large older trees. And I was thinking, well, once somebody's cutting that down, it may be me, it may be them, but it's coming down. And so I met the guy back out there and he was doing all of his work, fixing what I'd asked him to fix. And when I asked him to fix it, I knew I was like, okay, the water's going to come down this way and then it's going to come down in front and run right on off. And that's where it's going to do. And he said, hey, I said, hey, can you take those two trees out? And he said, no, no, the, uh, I don't know who made the rule, but there was some rule that you had to have a certain number of trees. And I said, um, could you take those two trees down? 
And he said, no, once, sir, I mean, I can't, I can't. I said, listen, here's the deal, man. You're going to come back out here tomorrow and those two trees are going to be down. All right. If you want to do it, that's fine now. And you can take them on out or I'm going to come down with a chainsaw and cut them down. And they're just going to be laying there. So uh, he and I agreed that he would cut them down and he cut them down. And he also left a bunch of trees on this side and a bunch of trees on this side. So that if you come to my house, we live in a subdivision, but we have trees blocking people on each side. And the way the backyard was, I was real meticulous about things because I was making a large investment. I wanted to be a good steward of what God had given me. And so I was real meticulous. Now, I'm not bragging. I'm a common day idiot when it comes to these things. I just had a few little options that I thought I wanted. Fast forward. There's a house down the street, a couple houses down, larger than ours. By the way, I also, I also did not want any trees close enough to the house where we would, get, we would get leaves that would fall on the yard. Because the other house I had had 19 million trees and we had no grass and it was just leaves. And I would almost lose my uh, Christian mantle in the fall when I was trying to get up all these leaves. I will tell you that one of you messaged me this fall and said, I've just spent six hours working on leaves and you are an absolute brilliant person. And I say, Ed, I know I'm brilliant. But I did that. The house down the street, they didn't do all that. As a matter of fact, they have a tree that literally you can reach out the window and touch. They have leaves all over their yard. But let me tell you what else they have. They have horrible drainage. And their whole basement flooded. And they had to spend 30, 40, 50, 60,000 dollars for flooded basements. Well, I want to tell you something. Two people built homes. Two people built homes. There was a difference, and we'll see the difference in a little while. The final thing that happened is they both experienced storms. Two people heard the message. Two people built homes and two people experienced storms. One of the biggest lies in Christianity is, is that when you become a Christian, everything in your life changes and it's all good and it's all great. It's actually the opposite. And you know it and I know it. No one, no one is immune from a fallen world. I want you to hear that. No one is immune from a fallen world. No one is immune from the storms of life. No one. The difference is, and we'll get to this in a minute, the difference is, is who you know and what kind of inner peace that you have as you're going through the storms. That's the difference. The relationship that you have. So you have two people. They have experiences and they've decided things. Well, what do they decide? Well, I want to go to the next thing and it's this. You have two people. One wise and the other foolish. Now I want to tell you something. The two people that Jesus is talking about, the wisdom and the foolishness that he's talking about is not academic. It's not academic. It's moral and it's spiritual, but it's not academic. It's not academically foolish. It's not academically uh, you know, unwise. It is, it is moral and it's spiritual. 
1 Corinthians says this in verse 26 and 27, chapter 1. It says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, and I love this, God chose uh, things the world considers foolish in order, why do you do it? To shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose the things that the world deems as foolish to show those who think they're wise how foolish they really are. Now you can see this all over college campuses today. All these people that think they're so smart and they're so academic. And guys, here's what occurs when some of these elite college campuses, when you hear some of the things that they actually believe and normal everyday Americans hear what they believe, they sound like idiots. Romans chapter 1 verses 21 and 22 says this. It says, yes, they knew God. And by the way, before that, it said that no one has a reason not to know that God exists because of the grandeur of the of his nature, the grandeur of his creation. You no matter where you are, whether you've heard about Christ or not, you can look and understand that there is a God. No one has that right. So it says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began. Here it is. Gosh, this is so true today. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Is that not the good old U.S. of A. today? Claiming to be wise. At our house, we've decided to turn off Fox News and CNN and all the other idiots that are on TV. They spout these things and I'm like, this is doing me no good. I'd just rather watch HGTV and the ID network. Let's look at house. Let's do house improvements and murder. How about that? Let's just do that. That's a lot better than CNN. A lot better than Fox News. You know? Let's do it. Every college campus has this. The amazing thing that God does is that he takes things, and I've been told it before, do you really believe that? Pastor, let me ask you a question. Do you really believe that we were created by God? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that he knows you? Do you really believe? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Well, what makes you think that? Why, why would you believe that? I said, man, he's been all over my life. Even before I was saved, he was pulling me. He was drawing me. And then I gave my life to Christ. And I'm like, wow, there's things that I just can't explain. I just can't. See, I can't explain why. Like nine years earlier, seven or eight years earlier, that, that Wendy and I would go house shopping Right before the big, the big uh, 2008 house crisis that tanked. I can't explain why we would go house shopping. And we would look and we would see a home 
and we would say, man, I love this house. And they would say, well, actually, this is the first one of this model that we've built. And we were both like, wow, we love that house. Man, we want that house. It's so open. We could, we could have student ministry over. The kids could come over. We, could ho- we love hosting people. We really do. We love hosting families. We love hosting people. The hole downstairs was so wide open, man. The, the living room was wide open. It had a really nice fireplace. And they had upstairs. And it had a bigger room upstairs. It had a little landing area. It had all these things. And we were like, you know, let's try to make this happen. And so we were like, Leah, we started to try to make it happen. And God said, no, it's not happening. And we were like, gosh, man, this really stinks. No, no, it's not happening. And we said, okay, we'll stay where we are. And then the crash happened. See, everyone else was going out and just getting whatever and doing whatever and buying whatever. And God was like, no, 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 you're not going to do anything yet. And I was, we were like, okay, okay. Fast forward when it came to the time where we wanted to be closer to Wendy's work because she had driven across the county several years and years and years and years and fought traffic and traffic and traffic and traffic and we wanted to be somewhere closer and she just said I just want to drive through the country on my way to work and be peace have peace that's what I want and I was like gosh man there's this place let's go look at this place called Walden Pond I don't know what it is but I've, I've seen it let's go out there and we drove out there and we walked into the model home and it was the exact home that we had wanted six or seven years ago And we were able to build the exact home that we wanted. But on God's timing, in his, in his, you know, people were like, man, you get what you want, man. You guys both have good jobs. Yeah, I know. I want God's timing, though. You may see it as foolish. I want to live my life by what God has to say, not by what everybody else has to say. And so that's what we did. And guess what? He blessed us. He blessed us because the home we looked at was a four bedroom. Well, they had already expanded it, man. And it's a five bedroom and blah, 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 blah. By the way, our house is too big. I, anyway, but that's, that's what he did. And it was like, well, wait a minute. The price of the house way back in 2008 was, was this. And the one we were looking at was cheaper with more land, more peace. Wendy could drive by and see cows. Now, I will tell you, they've sold the cows and built houses but she had it for a few years, right, honey? She would roll her head down and go, moo! She didn't do that. I may have a time or two, but she didn't. Blake and I may have. What one person says is wise, another person will see is foolish. Two people. One wise and one was foolish. And why were they wise and what made them foolish? Here it is. Because both heard, but only one acted. Both heard, but only one acted. James 1 says this, starting in verse 22. It says, and you guys all know this, James 1, James was Jesus' brother, and he really didn't believe in Christ until after the resurrection, and he saw him, and he was so passionate that everything, if you want to get your face slapped by the Bible, just go read James today. It's going to say, do this, do this, do this. I mean, it's really a great book. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must what? Do what it says. Otherwise... If you don't do that, you are only what? Fooling yourselves. And then it goes on to say, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away 
and forget what you look like. But if you carefully look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, what is the perfect law that sets you free? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I'm going to be honest with you about something today. And I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I want to be completely transparent with you. There's a lot of people that go into churches that are fattened on sermons, but never walk it out after Sunday. They're fattened on sermons week after week after week after week. And they listen and they listen and they listen. But when they walk out the door, they decide that they're going to keep living the life that they want to be called to, not the one that God wants to call them to. And they get fattened up and they lift them week after week after week. And they put no energy into walking it out. And James is saying it is worthless to hear and to not do. As a matter of fact, doing is a response to hearing. It is. Guys, listen, I love going to the beach. When I say I love going to the beach, some of you guys think I love going to the beach, running in the ocean and hitting the waves and all that stuff. No. As a matter of fact, I don't usually get past ankle deep. All right? Because I got little chicks and they look scrumptious for a big old shark. All right? Right? So I don't, I don't like going in the ocean real far, real far out. I like wading along and I like walking. So my, when I say I like going to the beach, I like taking an umbrella, right, and a chair and a book. And I sit there and I listen to the waves. And traditionally, Wendy and I make fun of people. Me more than her. Um, and that's it. We just hang out. And every once in a while, she'll say, oh, I'm getting really hot. And so we'll walk out to the ocean and splash around, then come back and sit down. And then we'll continue to do so. Traditionally, I've got a huge umbrella on with a hat, shirt, and T-shirt. Wendy is over here in the sun sunbathing because I'm a ginger and she's not. And that's how it occurs. And here's what I like doing. First thing we get on the beach, I'm like, okay, let's go for a walk. And so we'll take like a mile and a half walk down the beach and come back. It's what we do. And every time it never fails, there's always these people that has built these massive castles. And they're so incredible. Like there's some that really get into it, man. They're like, they do all these castles and they do all of these things. It's an incredible, incredible sight. And we'll say, gosh, look what they did or look what that, they did. And you'll see dads with kids and they're building these castles. And so oftentimes, maybe we'll go in from the beach and we'll go and we'll go to dinner. And then, hey, let's take a walk on the beach right before sunset. And so we'll go out and we'll walk again. And guess what we see? Here's what we see. We see the majority of those castles are no longer there. They're not there. They're not there because the tide has washed in. And because, here it is, because there was no foundation to hold the castle in place, the castle, when the storm, when the water came in, was washed away. And they're gone. And that's what Jesus is talking about today. A friend of mine we go to the beach with, 
Um, he is one of these YouTube watchers, okay? Some of y'all are YouTube watchers. I know you send me links. Um, but he's a YouTube watcher. And he watched a YouTube thing, and he's like, we were, we were sitting on the beach, and he said, that, that guy over there, he's got, he's got one of those, he's got one of those, uh, you know, they're the ones that they go out and they set up the seats and the, and the tents so you can go out and you can rent them for like $1,000 a day, which is so dumb. But anyway, you can do it if you want to. I don't do it. But, but they, I bring my own. I'm the portion look that's got a million things dragging out to the beach while Wendy's walking with her water. Anyway, so, uh, uh, anyway, so, She's not saying no to that because she knows it's true. I was like, don't you say no to that girl because I've, I've lugged to many a thing. Um, so, but, but we noticed something. Um, they have these big, long drill bits. They're like this long, and it is, it is a, it's like an auger, and you like go into the ground. You go all the way down to the ground, and then he puts them, puts them in, and he fills it all in and puts water to compact it in. But he goes down further than just the loose sand. He goes way down in there. And so he bought one. My buddy bought one. And it's so funny because I think maybe the last time or the time before we went to the beach, it was sort of windy. And so we put the thing all the way down in, man. And he put that tent up, man. And we were just sitting there just chilling. And we were sitting there watching every one of these poor schmucks that had come in and just stuck them down. They were going whoosh, whoosh. all over. There's nothing funnier than watching a, 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 a dude you know, in a Speedo run down the beach and try to catch an umbrella. All right? There ain't nothing funny. I mean, I, that's hilarious. You know what I'm saying? Just running down the beach trying to catch an umbrella, praying it don't hit somebody. Well, what'd they do? Well, I'll tell you what they did. They dug down to the foundational portion and did it because, see, if you build on the loose sand, there's nothing. There's nothing. You got to do something special to do that. Do you guys know that it's easier to build on the sand? Do you guys know that? Remember a couple of weeks ago when I told you this, I said, don't always, don't, all, don't ever forget this. The enemy always takes the shortcut. He always takes the shortcut. You know, I don't want to build some strong relationship with, with a husband or wife. I'll just go have premarital sex with whoever. I don't, I don't want to build a family. I don't want to build, I, I'll just go and bounce from person to person to person. I, I, don't, I don't want to save up money and buy things. I'll just go charge everything. I don't want to wait, and I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. The enemy's always going to get you to take the shortcut. It's easier to build on the sand. You know why? Because it's pliable, man. You can move it around and, you know, you can stick an umbrella in it and just put it over there. Man, that umbrella will stick straight up. I mean, it's just like, shh, it'll be perfect until the storm comes. And guess what happens when the storm comes? It's blown away. It's blown away. See, it's much more difficult to build in the rock it's much more difficult to build in the rock because when you build in the rock, you have to get this foundation and you have to get, I mean, it takes a lot of work to build on the rock. And it takes a five, ten times harder and five or ten times longer to build on the rock. But once you have it done, it's set. I visited places that have experienced hurricanes and it never fails those homes that are 
really messed up. None of them were built on the concrete. None of them were built with the firm foundation. And they were just blown away. But you can go down and you can look at those great structures that have the concrete and the brick and everything. And they're still standing there. And they've seen hurricane after hurricane after hurricane after hurricane. Some of the contents on the inside may get messed up. But the foundation is there. What is Jesus trying to tell us today? He's trying to tell you that how you respond to him will determine how firmly planted your life is. It will determine how you live. It will determine how you act. It will determine the choices you make. It will determine the things you find value in. It will determine that which you find important. And the most important thing it will determine is where and how you spend eternity. My prayer for you today is that you would build on what the scriptures called the cornerstone. Jesus, the solid rock. Let me pray for you. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, that you are our firm foundation. You are the solid rock. Lord, it's not enough to hear, as we've seen in James, it's not enough to hear the word. We need to walk it out. We need to lay our lives down on the firm foundation at which Christ you bring to us so that when storms occur, the foundation holds. Lord, we are thankful today that you give us the opportunity. The opportunity to build our lives on you, the cornerstone. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The cornerstone, when they lay the cornerstone of a building, when they laid it, back in the day, they would lay the cornerstone. And the cornerstone would be the first big boulder, big rock, big thing, big brick that they would put on the very corner. It was on the corner. And it, what it would do, guys, is, is it would show you where you're going to go and how the rest of the building is going to be. And all I'm asking you to do is in your life, let Jesus be that cornerstone and let the rest fall out. Let's stand up and worship. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.